You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. The fiery darts of the wicked one is the title of this devotion. And I shared with you about this a little bit yesterday, how through the shield of faith we're able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. But I do think that this is such an important subject that I feel I should go over it with you a bit more today. You see, we don't always recognize we don't always perceive that what we're dealing with isn't just the human failings of others or the circumstance of life, but are the demonic influences upon those things. You see, the devil is a deceiver and he hides himself, hides himself behind circumstances, but he is working through it to try to undermine us in our love for the Father and our love for one another. The enemy is always wanting to stir up some kind of havoc or some kind of trial or tribulation through things that we could manage without his influence quite easily. But with his influence, we need spiritual power to be able to not be distracted and to not allow that to cause us harm. So here it says in Ephesians 6.16, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you're able with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. I know that certain areas we might be more vulnerable to. Somebody, for example, that has had a a real addiction with uh, alcohol, and then some friend whom you love invites you over, and he says, hey, Maybe just have a glass of wine with me. It'd really be so nice. And 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 you kind of, but it's not just that friend. It's the devil behind it, pulling on you. Come on, go ahead, just one. It's okay. And you compromise where you know once you compromise, the door is open again. And then again, that old stronghold that isn't fully crucified yet begins to dominate you, and you go down a certain path that you later on go. What am I to do? And yes, you could cut off all the friends that are like that. Sometimes we do have to make better choices in our friendships, but you have to learn to have that spirit of faith in you, guarding you when those temptations come. And Jesus showed that when temptations come, we need divine help in our our times of temptation. We need divine help. And you see, faith... has a spirit of humility to it that accepts, I can't do this in my own strength. I need the Lord. So I think that the fundamental answer for any of these trials, I just gave this simple example about alcohol, because the Lord says, do not be deceived. Drunkards will not inherit the kingdom. You cannot live in the reality of the kingdom of God and entertain a drunken lifestyle. You can't. God will pull on you in your drunkenness to leave it, but if you choose to live in it, you will compromise the experience of his heavenly life. And that's the same with any of these other vices mentioned there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. So it, we need to be thoughtful. So 
I need help by faith to understand my strength is in the Lord. By faith, I understand He's my light and my salvation. By faith, I understand He is my freedom. In Him, I live free from these things. But I understand. I, it says here in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, it is evident that it was essential that he, Jesus, be made like his brethren in every respect in order that he might become a merciful, sympathetic, faithful high priest in the things relating to God to make atonement and propitiation for the people's sins. For because he himself in his humanity has suffered in being tempted, tested and tried, he is able immediately to run to the crisis relief those who are being tempted, tested and tried and who are therefore being exposed to suffering. Chapter 4, verse 15. We do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses, infirmities and liabilities to the assaults of temptation, but one who was tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning. Let us then fearlessly, confidently, boldly draw near to the throne of His grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Faith has that aspect of, of heart to it that when that fiery dart of temptation, maybe some lust begins to roar again in your flesh and that lust is pulling thoughts, images, ideas, wants, needs in, up into your consciousness and you feel it. Oh, I'm so grateful that by faith I am able to quench that kind of temptation knowing Jesus is my strength, Jesus is my freedom, Jesus is my holiness, Jesus is my light and life, Jesus is my freedom from this. Oh, I believe Jesus. I worship. See, faith believes what it has in Christ and it begins to manifest like a shield. It begins to come up in you, come out of you to say no to that evil lust, to say no to these gnawings of the flesh, no to these wants and need and self-pities and complaining and lustful pushing of selfish desires and selfish satisfaction and attitudes and behaviors that are really negative and, and unholy and unclean and unfriendly and untrue and deceptive. No. Faith says no. Faith says my Redeemer lives. Jesus, my Savior, to my God, I worship you. I worship you that in you I have freedom. Second Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter 2. Verse 1 through 4. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore 
must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engages in warfare, entangles himself in the affairs of this life, that he might please him who enlisted him as a soldier. It's not possible to begin to live in the obedience of that spirit of faith of our loving Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus and the enemy not take pot shots at it. It's not possible. <laughs> you know, silly example. And I don't know if I should give this, but anyway. We were going through a bit of a testy time as a congregation many years ago, many, many years ago. And I'm sitting on the front row. Virginia was in well, and she wasn't there. She was really not well. And I'm sitting on the front row, and this person comes sit next to me, just as the meeting about is about to begin, and says to me, Pastor, I want to encourage you today. I'm not leaving. I know everybody's leaving the church, but I'm not leaving. I'm with you, Pastor. I love you. And the person disappeared. <laughs> and I know that person I actually do not, honestly, if my life depended on it, could tell you who that is. I cannot remember at all because I took no thought of it, no charge of it at all. The faith that God was upholding us as a church and keeping us was strong. And what that person thought actually wasn't happening. Not everybody was leaving. Maybe sometimes, every church has sometimes people coming and going. Folks, we need to always love people when they go or when they come. We need to bless them. We need to always be an open door for people to feel they can come on home and be loved and accepted. I'll never talk bad about people when they go and for whatever reason and however they leave. I always love and bless them because I want to keep the door open that they can come back. I'm not the church for my namesake. I'm for his. It's his house. It's his church. No, Jesus says that the door is open to so come on in. So no, I believe in an open door and love and forgiveness and goodness. But it came, pop, but instantly that spirit of faith was in me. And I took no count of it. I took no thought of it. It had no piercing effect on me. You see, you cannot begin to step out into the workings and powers of God. And then not things come even through people that are completely unaware that they were maybe a, 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 a a vessel to bring about the wrong kind of message, to bring a fiery dart instead of a blessing. Oh, come on, folks. We all maybe sometimes have spoken in a way that we later think, oh, my goodness, why did I ever say that? Where did that come from? And, and if you feel you made a mess, call the people up and say, hey, forgive me, I shouldn't have said that. I've done that often. No, friends. I don't want to be a vessel that brings the fiery darts to anybody. Never, not to Virginia, not to anybody. I try to guard my heart out of which proceeds the spirit of life and my mouth out of which that life it formulates. No, I, I guard it day and night. I, I don't want to be a vessel that shoots off the fiery darts of the wicked one. But the point I want to make is this. When you begin to live in this power of the kingdom, then you will have these kinds of conflicts at times even the most holy and anointed people will try the enemy will try paul says here in chapter in in chapter 4 of second corinthians i'm just about to close he says in verse 8 we're hard pressed on every side but we're not crushed no 
we're perplexed. We really are kind of like shocked, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but I know God's not forsaken us. We're struck down. I mean, we really got hit hard, but we're not destroyed. We keep going. Always carrying about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. My, I love these thoughts. It is true. You know, one time I was going to minister in the city about two hours, two and a half hours from here, and I was on the motorway, and oh, the conflict. The enemy was violently pulling on me concerning a man who had really had some behaviors that were really painful and not right. But no, no, I loved him. No, no, I loved him. I believed in him. And no, I keep praying for him. But oh, it was so violent, like truly, I know that sounds crazy, like my intestines were being pulled out of my body. It was so painful. And I'm praying for him and worshiping Jesus in his love for us all and praying for him and praying for him. And after a while, that spirit of life in Christ manifested in my mortal body. I had such heavily, heavily joy in Christ, such heavily rest in His great love and mercy, because what we embody in Him is what we can give for those who we intercede. And I arrived at that church a bit late because of traffic, and I went, walked in straight to the podium and began to preach. And the moment I opened my mouth, people just began to howl and weep as they felt this love of Christ coming out of me. Oh, my friends, when you're heart-pressed, when you're crushed, when you're perplexed, when you're beaten down, the power of the life of Christ will come in you. And one of the greatest privileges to withstand the wiles of the enemy is in your service to Christ for your brothers and sisters in the Lord, for your church, for your pastor. Be willing to suffer willingly and patiently for Christ. And I pray for Right now, let's all stand up together for Jesus. Let's all quench those uh, evil works of the enemy and see the power of Christ emanate through us all. Amen. Have a good day.